Source for Stateside Views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by Alex Johnson, James Boyman, and Ryan Williams. All right, everybody. Thanks very much for joining. Welcome to the American Toffee Podcast via Twitter space. We've got James speaking from the pod account, preferably speaking from my personal, but we've got some technical limitations because Twitter doesn't want to let people uh, be in spaces from their computer for some reason, which is very bizarre. But we also have, of course, my fellow co-host and friend, Alex Johnson here, who actually was able to join from his desktop. Let's, uh, let's give it a live audio test here, Alex. Yeah, I'm feeling brand new. I'm feeling brand new about that one. I mean, I usually use my phone. My audio quality doesn't sound great. I'm like moving it back and forth. So this is going to be a good one. I feel it. All right, man. I'm I'm feeling good about it too. It's obviously been a ridiculously crazy day. A couple days as far as transfers are concerned. We have uh, the lineup that we've put together to discuss. Tried to keep it to stuff that seems relatively concrete. There's obviously been some rampant, crazy rumors out there, which maybe we can hit on at the very end but the goal is for us to kind of go through the list we'll speak to our personal opinions on the moves both um, mostly outgoings from an Everton perspective but a couple incomings potential as well and then we obviously want to open up the floor to folks who would like to give their input as well we welcome you to come on stage and speak we will be releasing this as a podcast most likely later tonight so if you're not okay with uh, being released on the pod then please don't volunteer to come on stage but we'd love to hear from you and uh, Alex, without further ado, I mean, I think the most shocking for me, well, actually, both of these are very shocking, but let's yeah, start with, I was about uh, to say. <laughs> let's start with Deli Ali. Basically official agreement with Basictus in place alone with an option to buy. I believe he's made 13 appearances for Everton since his arrival from Spurs last year, which was, uh, I believe, at the 20 appearance mark conditioned on a significant transfer outlay. So I think, I mean, my take is people thought he was going to play a fairly significant role for us this season. This kind of came out of nowhere. We didn't really see any links. And then all of a sudden, Besiktas are in, they're making a move, and he's basically gone now. So give me your thoughts. Let me know what you think. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I guess uh, the clubs are are good. So it's just up to him in terms of if he wants to go or not. I mean, reports are suggesting he just wants playing time. And and I guess Frank allegedly decided over the summer that that, you know, it was best he move on. You know, you even said it on the last podcast, actually, you know, he's getting close to that 20 appearance mark. You know, we got to figure it out. Um, I think he's just too niche of a player. You know, he's shown that we can't really play to his strengths based on our current setup. Obviously, you know, as Moshiri said, we still can't judge them until the end of the transfer market, which is still, you know, a week and a half away. So it makes sense. I think we could make a little bit of profit, at least get the wages off the books um, would be important. And hopefully, you know, I mean, it's just kind of sad to me. It's, It's a sad downfall for someone like that when you saw what he was, you know, five, six years ago, it was, it was an insane, you know, high of highs for someone of that age. Um, and I know he had a lot of stuff going on in his personal life too, but, uh, it's, uh, hopefully he can, hopefully he'll go to decide to go to Turkey and, and start enjoying his football again. And we can obviously, uh, fill that spot some way better than just like a warm body on the bench. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was a weird one from the very get go. When he first arrived, it seemed like it was obviously shortly after we brought in Frank and it seemed like he kind of viewed this as a a player who he thought he could turn his career around and really kind of have a resurgence and play a major role. And then 
he didn't really feature. He was getting on for 15-minute cameos, and he really hasn't gotten hardly any significant starts for us. We'll always have, as many have tweeted and said in the last couple of days, we'll always have the second half of the Palace match to remember him by, which is a, a fonder memory than we have for a lot of other Evertonians who have been kind of a flash in the pan. But, yeah, with the formation we're currently playing, with a two-man midfield, it doesn't doesn't really fit in. Even in a three-man midfield, I think we have other options like Alex Wobie to play in his preferred 10 position. We talked about potentially the experiment with him at a false nine. That never seemed like it was ever really tried other than in preseason briefly and then went away from. I think it just the expense we would have to pay for what we're getting in return, clearly the cost-benefit just doesn't play out doesn't work out for us. And so to move him on, and, and I'm very interested to understand how the financials of it work, because obviously we've been paying his wages. I don't know w- to what extent we paid Spurs for him. He hasn't reached the appearance fee. If we sell him for any sum, how does that work with Spurs? It's all very confusing. Uh, and obviously we don't know all the details of the contract, but as you said, Alex, all in all, just, just kind of disappointing because we all were very excited. I think as a fan base, when he signed thinking we could recapture some of that magic of his youth, and it just hasn't come to pass. And I wish him nothing but the best, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I think I, I, I want to say I'll call it a rumor, but I saw a rumor, at least something on Twitter today regarding the uh, the sale, stating that Tottenham would get some sort of sell-on fee uh, or percentage from the sale. So not sure if that's true or not, but I've seen it thrown around. Well, I mean, it'd be hilarious if we like got him on a free and then sold him for a profit and then didn't have to pay Spurs anything. Because that would be fantastic, Mark, and just loopholed our way out of any sort of sum for a player except, who basically saved our season and our, our skins last year. Yeah, I was about to say, except you remember he's on 100k a week, so and it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to turn a profit in that regard. But either way, I mean, you know, wish him luck, and and hopefully that means that we've got numerous attacking talents coming. But that's that's a comment <laughs> that may be better served uh, for the next uh, gentleman we're about to talk to. Yeah, let's talk about the Anthony Gordon rumors. I, I bet man, some people are going to talk about this one. So throw yeah. a hand up if you're ready to join us because um, any and all are welcome. Yeah, I think once we get through this, our takes on it, we'll open the floor up for people who want to come up and talk about either Deli Ali or Anthony Gordon. So if you're interested, definitely get your hand up. Anthony Gordon, out of nowhere, he's been the focal point of many Everton marketing efforts this campaign. We give him the number 10 shirt. We talk about him relentlessly as... Basically, what has become essentially undroppable in our side. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's been rumors from Spurs. There's been an approach from other Newcastle made an approach earlier. But the rumor is that Chelsea made two successive unsuccessful bids for Anthony Gordon. The first being 40 million pounds, which was rejected. And then uh, up to 45 million pounds, both rejected by Everton, who allegedly insist he is not for sale. And now there's even rumors brewing that he could potentially leave if Chelsea are willing to cough up 50 million pounds for the 21-year-old England youth player, Alex. I mean, this is uh, it's actually been interesting to see kind of the fan base not turn on Anthony Gordon, but take a more pragmatic view because for so long people have said, you know, he's the best player in our side, he's undroppable. And then people are like, 50 million, they're like, I'll drive him to London myself. So where do you land on the on the Anthony Gordon rumors and potential departure? I'll fly to Liverpool to drive him to London myself. Um, <laughs> so I look, I I like I like him as a player. He's exciting. I think he has a lot of potential. 
I think he's grown an enormous amount over the last, you know, 12 months being thrust into the side last season, given a lot of responsibility, um, especially with how the team was performing and lack of, you know, lack of output from a lot of the attacking players. I, I also think that I'm, I'm just so surprised that Chelsea would offer even 40 million. Um, I'm flabbergasted that they're offering 45 and I'm even more flabbergasted that Everton haven't accepted it. I mean, I mean, I, it's, it's so hard to see. We just sold Richarlison for 60 million. I mean, Anthony Gordon had what four goals last year, three of them deflected. It's, it's, it's about potential. And I understand the English tax comes with it, but that is so much money for a player that may not ever reach the level you're looking for or they're looking for, you know, and, and, and they're talking about playing him at, at wing back. I don't know how I feel about that either. Well, he's accustomed to playing a lot of defense because he did actually feature for us a lot last season and we never had the ball. So I actually think the, the wing back links could potentially make sense for him. I don't think that's how he views himself, but if he can weasel his way into the Chelsea team by any means necessary, I don't think he's going to say no. And I guess even more shocking on top of the bids is the rumors breaking that he wants to go that he doesn't want to sign a new contract with Everton. It just feels like such a complete 180 from even four days ago when he was the star boy, when he was the future of Everton, when he was, you know, probably the most relatable or the, the type of player that the fans could actually connect with being vocal and all those sorts of things to now him saying he wants out and Chelsea are going to cough up, you know, 50 million for him. It's also weird because he's, you know, Though I don't agree with it, he's basically undroppable in our side from Frank's standpoint right now. And how many games will he play for Chelsea? Might get in a cup match, rotation player for the league. So in terms of his development, even, I mean, this is just last year, Alex, we were saying he should have gone on loan to the championship. And now he's... Which is a true statement. Yes. So now we're talking about him going and being a rotation player for Chelsea, who are looking to offload Christian Pulisic who's twice as good as Anthony Gordon is at this moment, even though he can never stay healthy. Maybe not twice, but you, you get what no, I'm saying. It, yeah, it's just it's very fun. confusing across the board to me. Yeah, here's here's the way I look at it. It's very simple. For 45 million pounds, I can confidently say we could get two players for that price that are more complete and would contribute more this year than Anthony Gordon would. It's It's really that simple. It is so much money. I don't think his value will ever be higher. And I think we have to take it. But the problem lies with the current market conditions. Um, you know, all the teams around us, A, having money, a lot more money in some cases, and B, um, needing kind of the same players or the same same positions for certain players. So it becomes difficult. We obviously are waiting kind of towards the end to find some players. And I'm sure the deal for Gordon has to, you know, come down to if we can make another move to replace him immediately you know, in the next week or so. that That's the challenge, right? I think, I think 45 million a month ago, even two weeks ago is like immediate. Yes. We've got plenty of time. The window's ticking. You let Gordon go. Do you have enough time to persuade a player? Do you have enough, uh, enough time to get adequate replacements in? And again, like you said, I think we could, there's players out there who are much better than him that we could bring in, but the timing is going to be really difficult. And Kevin Thelwell is probably looking at his, you know, calendar slash watch being like, this is going to be pretty tricky. It's definitely a gamble, but assuming that you're, you know, it's not like you have to do these things in isolation. You can have negotiations going on with his replacement as you're negotiating for him to leave. But it, it all just feels very sh- shocking to me. Um, I like Anthony Gordon. I think he has a really high ceiling, but for 45 million, he has to go. What do you think, Alex? Should we get some uh, 
some folks on stage and give their take. Yeah, let's do it. Anyone wants to talk about the outgoings of uh, Deli Ali or Anthony Gordon, throw a hand up or just if you have an opinion, um, because shortly we'll probably hop into uh, rumored incomings. Let's get uh, we got Sean, who's become a regular on the pod That's after true. Baltimore and the spaces. What's up, Sean? I know Sean suffered a, a debilitating injury. Uh, sorry to hear you're feeling under the weather, man. Uh, how's the leg, and how do you feel about Anthony Gordon and or Deli Ali? Uh, uh, can you hear me, James? I'll just do a sound check. Yeah, you're uh, good, man. You're no, good. no. I, I mean, hey, man, it's just uh, these things happen in the game, right? You just got to take it in stride and, and just move on. So uh, spirits are good. Um, Yuri Mean is listening intently. To we'll that. probably be back around the same time. So uh, excited, excited <laughs> to recover uh, alongside him. Uh, um, but no, in in, uh, in kind of the 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 rumors or the the two two names. I mean, Delhi is uh, Delhi is just so interesting to me because I, I think to to what you said, uh, both you you and Alex, it's you, you expected him to kind of have a role this season, right? The mystery is what would the role be. Right. Given that Alex Awobi and him kind of not say they play the same position, but it's kind of trying to figure out where he fits best in the pitch, given some of our other options. And interestingly enough, I think this kind of follows almost the theme of of how some of these things have happened for Everton. You think of the Vinagre loan. Right. And you think of Dwight McNeil. Right. It's I think the club's done a relatively decent job of 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 trying to work these things uh, to where not many people know about them. And then, you know, all of a sudden somebody hears and, and these things happen within days, right? The only exception to that really is Ghana. Um, but no, I, th- I think at the end of the day, it's it's good for the player and it's good for the club, right? Because, uh, you know, I'd love to understand the actual uh, dichotomy of, of what the the actual agreement for Delhi to come to, to, to from Tottenham to Everton, because you just hear all these outlandish things. Um, but I think for him, it, it, you know, I don't look at it as a sad state of affairs as, as everyone else does. I think this is an opportunity for him to get more playing time. I'm sure he'll do if, if he gets it pretty well in the Turkish league and, and hopefully um, whether they decide to buy him or he comes back, he'll just have more value. And then we can, um, you know, kind of sell him uh, if that's the case or they buy him. So I think it's kind of if this ends up kind of going across the line, it's a really good move. And and I would have to say, uh, if if it is Selwell, it's the architect behind this. Well done again. And how about your thoughts on on the Anthony Gordon? Oh song? man, uh, I, I know you've been uh, chiming in from a, from Frank's perspective yeah, on our Discord. No, I know, I know, but... I, yeah, no, Frank Frank obviously has his views on him as well. Um, but <laughs> but no, it, the Gordon thing to me, I think is so polarizing, right? Because it's to your point, right? It's, it's amazing how he's hailed as this kind of hero for the club. And I get why I'm not, you know, in any way chastising anybody that has that view, but it it, it is very interesting how, to your point, the fan base is just kind of all of a sudden in, 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 and this is just parts of the fan base that were really supportive of him kind of turning on him because let's just say if it is true that he doesn't want to sign a contract and he, um, you know, is having interest from Chelsea. I mean, if you think of your pure young player and you're getting interest from a club like that, uh, I mean, why wouldn't you take it? Right. So I think, you know, kind of take feelings aside. I mean, for the player, it makes sense. And for the club, it absolutely makes sense. So um, I really hope it happens. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, yeah, he might not get the playing time, but uh, I think with Chelsea, I, I know obviously their transfer kind of dealings this summer are crazy, but if you look 
kind of behind the scenes, they've actually, you know, you look at Gaga Solanina, the guy they uh, signed from Villa, right? I think they are kind of trying to almost create, you know, the next version uh, of kind of some of these players that, you know, they might not be selling this window, but might have, you know, be, be sold uh, either in January after the World Cup or, or in next summer. So I understand why they're doing it. I think it's obviously exorbitant fee and, and to I totally agree with Alex. I mean, you think of even though there's two weeks left, you think of guys like Morgan Gibbs White, um, Neil Mope, like I'm not a big fan of him, but like there are guys that I think they would be able to kind of, you know, sign uh, that that could obviously replace his production if not exceed his production so uh, I believe it now in, in regards to the legitimacy of the rumor I obviously think, think it's a, a no-brainer for us to sell him what I hope is happening is one Bellwell is basically kind of trying to figure out a backup plan because they don't want to sell him given you know just I mean hey uh, if we don't replace him will we lose production probably but I don't think it's it's that much to turn down the fee but I think it's just more protecting ourselves than anything but um no I think a very exciting opportunity and you think of if we can get Delhi's the loan with Delhi off the books uh Gordon and who knows I mean with how this window is tomorrow Andre could be linked somewhere right so it's just it, it, it's it's very interesting to kind of see all these things happen real time and I think is as a fan it, it's exciting right it's just we can't get our hopes up too high because we 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 know that this could, as much as it could work out, it can't work out as well. I love the, um, and, and well-spoken shot, of course, but I just love the Andre Gomez, the one player who there is basically universal consensus that Everton should sell, was just the, the rumors have just completely dried up, which obviously no one wants him for good reason, but it is what it is. We also are, are, are now joined by our esteemed third co-host, Ryan Williams, who, Ryan, Can you hear me? Oh, you sound good fantastic uh i'm happy to be here sorry about the delay everyone and we can't sell andre i mean we just can't <laughs> i mean you can't there's nothing you could do his wage demands are too high i was happy happy that maybe Mateus nunez going to wolves might open up an opportunity for him but you just look at the wage structure of the places where he would go portugal would be the likely destination it's it's pretty unlikely ryan you want to hit us with uh your quick your quick thoughts on gordon who You've been a uh, Gordon truther for a long time now in terms of uh, the over being per- particularly overrated by certain segments of the fan base. And then, of well, course, Deli Ali. That's a little mean. I, I understand why people <laughs> get emotional joking. about a player, but I think ultimately every player has a price. And when you've received a bid that thoroughly exceeds it, you have to take it. And I think in this particular instance, what's difficult is that you've got two weeks left. Um you think about this fee and you think, wow, we could do a lot with this. I mean, from a financial fair play standpoint, you add on to the keen deal that's going to happen at the end of this fiscal year and it shouldn't be a problem now. You should be somewhat freed up to be aggressively going after people, but it's not like this is March and you know you're going to have a budget. So say you wanted to get an impact player. So Morgan Gibbs White is one one example. I, I, that one wouldn't be as bad, but Wolves has no reason to sell him. So they could drive up the fee. Everyone knows we're in a cash position. Say you wanted something like Cody Gakpo at uh, at PSV. He's a phenomenal player. He'd be an immediate impact player. He'd walk into our lineup at left wing. Can they lose him now? Because it's not so much our ability to get him and get that job that deal done. It's their ability to replace him. I mean, how do you do that? So, I mean, right now, I feel bad for the recruitment team because they're just going through different scenarios. Like, what happens if this happens? Can we get Broha in as a loan on the sweetener? Then we don't have to worry about a striker. I mean, and the striker market's absolutely ludicrous too. I know we're going to get into that. So yeah, I think you have to take the fee, but it just, 
it's a difficult one. People have to be reasonable. But yeah, I, I agree that if he leaves, um, I don't think there's any problem replacing his production. And frankly, if Ghana comes in, and we're going to talk about him in a second, you move Wobi up in, into that role. I mean, Delhi's gone, I guess, so maybe you still need numbers there. But I, I don't see any lack of production there whatsoever. I mean, what are you replacing? You're replacing four goals, three of which were from deflections. And two assists, both of which came from set pieces, which he's not that great on set pieces anyway, and would already be replaced no matter who they bring in. I know that's a very simple man on the set piece. Right. And it's a simplistic way to look at things. So and it sounds really, really harsh. I don't mean that. I mean, he brings other things to the team and I'm not denying he's not full of potential, but that's a crazy number. And so the idea that you could take 42 million and it doesn't even work that way with financial fair play, you could probably spend, you know, 200 million on top of that and 200 you know, thousand pounds a week and wages combined and come out the same, at least in your single year and financial fair play. So, you know, if cash isn't an issue, if that's the case, you can buy three young players with talent that could probably contribute at least one or two of them at the level Gordon does now, if not better and, and have even better, um, higher ceiling. So I don't understand that. That's the one logic I don't understand. You can't sell your young players. Well, you just buy more. I mean, that's our do last time I checked, don't we have some holes in this team? I mean, yeah, you can we, say that. Right. So I think that. that's I think that's the one refuting point that I keep going back to is you can't sit there and say, well, we shouldn't be giving up on our young players. Well, we're not giving up on our young players. We may be giving up on that young player as we should of any player ignoring sentimentality that we get a really, really crazy high bid for, because now you can turn that in. The problem is, do you have time to do it in this season? I don't know. I'd love for us to have some opportunities in January, too, because I feel like you're going to have injuries off the World Cup. You'll have teams that are desperate. It would be lovely for once, once to go into the January window, being able to take advantage of people panicking and maybe maybe hit into South America, too. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I do think Ryan, obviously, as always, very well spoken. The, it's interesting, the second order effect that you brought up, because, you know, it's it's kind of obvious when you think about it, but I, I hadn't always thought about it this way is like okay we sell gordon we need to replace him okay everyone that we're going to try to buy from also would then need to replace the player we're buying it just sort of compounds as it goes down into like more and more desperate less and less time so it puts people in in worse and worse positions um which is is interesting to think about and, and adds a little difficulty to an already difficult situation but let's um we want to get move on to the next rumor we want to get one more person up to speak now let's move on to the uh let's move on to the rumored incomings okay and i know we have a few people so we will try to get as many people as possible yeah let's get someone else uh, to join us for the next one yeah absolutely the closest thing that we can call a saga of this transfer window as far as everton's concerned at least so far that's of course the now apparently imminent return of Idrissa Ghana Gay. Fabrizio Romano tweeting yesterday that we're closing in on the deal, working on it for a long time. Obviously, there were complications with uh, his agreement with PSG, trying to uh, agree to some sort of severance pay, whatever you want to call it. Now, it seems all parties are confident they can get the deal over the line. We talked about it a little bit on the pod. The return of Ghana certainly helps our prospects in defensive midfield. A bit of a... uh, romantic return of sorts because he was i think a really popular player and one of the few players in recent years who's actually left because other teams wanted him and not because we desperately needed to get rid of him so there's something to be said for that alex uh, your thoughts on the gonna deal seemingly nearing the finish line i think he'll add a lot to the midfield I think it's uh, we know we know the qualities he brings to the team. I think he'll he'll allow other players 
um, you know, to perform better in their roles as he, he's able to play, um, you know, a very specific kind of defensive minded role in the midfield that we're missing. Um, I think it, you know, he's older, but he still looks like he's, uh, he still looks like he's constantly fit. I mean, I checked his uh, appearances in the last couple of years and with PSG, you know, 28 and 26 apps. And that's, that's not necessarily due to injury. I actually did not check injury record, but um, you know, just to note, they, uh, they rotate, they have some pretty good midfielders if you, uh, if you haven't heard. So um, overall, I mean, availability is the best kind of ability. So I think he's available. He's usually healthy. Um, he's probably a higher quality than we have uh, currently in the midfield or on the bench. So overall, I give it a, a, a thumbs up. It always depends on the price, right? I mean, that, yeah. that, that's a big deal. But he gives us something we don't have. I know a lot of people think of him as this like undisciplined ball winning midfielder. I, I don't think that's fair. I think people are maybe kind of exaggerating that a little bit. And when you watch him play for PSG, he seems more comfortable sitting deeper now, I think. Verratti is a hard guy to play with if you're a defensive mid. He occupies a lot of space. And even when he did, like Ghana got pushed up a little bit. But it's funny. You see him almost next to him at times thinking like, what am I doing? Why am I going forward? Why am I on this team exactly? This is a strange fit. Look, he'll take care of the ball. He will give us some discipline. I think he'd be a great mentor too to uh, Amadou Anana because, I mean, I I think they actually come from not too too far away i mean don't they speak the same dialect and all sorts of crazy stuff i think there's a really kind of interesting background with both of them Um, i believe they they were both born in the in the capital is what i read on twitter the car yeah i think so i mean granted it's pretty dominant in terms of population in senegal not that i've spent a lot of time there uh but yeah and you have decore too fits in as well too and i think that helps with onana not having to come in and start right away. I just think he gives us a different dynamic. How many times have we complained about not using Decore and Alon in particular in the positions that they're made to play? So and I much. think this moves Alex Awobi to up higher, which I think is a much better thing. We have to find goals in some way. He's our more, most creative player. He literally, his bread and butter, his main attribute is his ability to create from open play in the final third. That's exactly why he, well, he was bought because Kia was trying to help out Arsenal. But any of the, um, but that's that's his main attribute. I think that's, I mean, he's not necessarily a goal scorer, but I think that's going to just completely transform this team, at least in attack. Um, but yeah, we need a striker. But yeah, I, I think if the if the price is low, it's a two year rental deal to buy the type of young, uh, you know, ideal defensive mid that we would like. This summer's been crazy with defensive mids. So many guys have gone, so they're not there. I mean, who do you go with? Would you would you spend you know, 30, 35 million on an Edson Alvarez, even if they'd let him go, who I think is terrific. Emmanuel Agarte is is a possible guy at Sporting, but they're not going to sell both Nunes and Agarte in the same window. I mean, these are the guys that you're you're looking at. They're really ideal. So you go one way or the other, in my opinion. You go cheap, older, established. As long as you don't spend too much money on them, you know, you get a decent return. You allow Alon to play in the normal spot. You allow DeCorey to play in the normal spot. You give someone to mentor and work with the Nana. And you let it go to the next year where you can go big on a defensive mid, hopefully a center half, because that defensive line looks terrible. Um, and we'll see what we do in the rest of the window. That's my take. A great one, as always, Ryan. Let's uh, let's open it up. We've got Andrew Millington uh, of the Everton Aren't We podcast. Get him on. Get his take on Andrew Saganagay. Hey, Andrew, you there? Andrew, what's, hey, what's up, man? Guys? Doing well. What's up, buddy? <sighs> Not much, man. Just enjoying living on the surface of the goddamn sun. <laughs> It's like 94. So give us your take. Give us your. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. It uh, It's finally cooled off up here in Maine a little bit. We got it like in the 70s. Nice. 
Uh, so Ghana. So uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was not supporting Everton or even watching the Prem at large uh, when he played for us. And I definitely am not super plugged into global football. So uh, sounds awesome from everything that I've heard. He seems very well revered. Um, but from what I can gather from what your comments and other shows and analysts, uh, what he brings to us will let us play more Frank style football up front and not have to be so conservative. Uh, I love the take on Iwobi getting to be more expressive and, you know, uh, impactful in the final third. The issue with Ghana, the knock on him has always been, he's not expansive. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to sit back there and ping balls 40 yards to separate sides um, his numbers make him look a little bit more creative and progressive at PSG, but I think he was more pushed into that role. The critique is, is he's 32 going on 33. Can he still be the, you know, the ball winning guy? Cause that's what he was with Everton too. Andrew. Okay. he would sit in the middle and just win. I mean, he'd lead the league in tackles. He was a maniac, like a ball winning maniac. I think he's a little more disciplined now, but that's just my take. We'll see. But, but however, if he doesn't show the right discipline, if he goes ball chasing again, it might not work. I don't think he'll do that anymore, mm. but yeah, I mean, that's the hope, but he's not going to, you know, and Onana, I don't think is quite ready to be the six. Right. Although Onana can really distribute for sure. Yeah. The thing, uh, and going back to the Gordon thing, I'm not a baseball fan, but one of the guys on the show that I'm a part of, uh, he very much is. And apparently Bowley is in the habit of overpaying for talent. Um, even just on the, idea of potential so this might be his mo but i think we take that and run giggling with a sign over our heads that says no takes these backsies i would love nothing more than gordon to come good in an everton shirt but i don't think that happens without better players around him for him to hit that ceiling and we can't get better players around him unless we have money so it's a cart horse situation and you got to take advantage of things like this right i mean we never are the ones to take advantage of the big club you know yeah, I mean, we were, what was it, a month or two ago when they were looking at Richarlison, Spurs were talking about Gordon, and it was like, I think 25 was the rumored figure, and then, you know, you got Newcastle, who were dumb enough, they'd be like, well, screw it, 32, 35, but 45, what? Like, are you drunk? Yes, please, give me it. Agreed, and then, you know, now, when I heard that we rejected 45, my jaw dropped, and when I heard that they may go to 50, I like, almost audibly screamed at my desk at work so unbelievable that anyone would pay that much for him at this point in time but um yeah in terms of Ghana I mean I I agree with most of what Ryan said I think Frank is looking to sort of tide us over in terms of being able to play this play a more possession-based style and he certainly is like a plug-and-play type of character for that style of play we can play 4-3-3 of him too yeah, they'll probably deal. they might be big, but rumor is he's dropping a little bit of wage on it. But I, the one thing I mentioned, it does allow us to play a four three three because I don't know if I trust anyone else at the base of a four three three. And the way Frank's played it in the past, he typically has kind of one in the back and is pushed up kind of two center mids. I mean, the okay. Mason Mount position's always been running around like a maniac on the left, so it's normally balanced out by someone who goes back and forth a little bit. But he normally likes to have that guy. It's been a weird combo though. He's had. At Chelsea started out with Jorginho there and eventually got tired of him and played in Golakante. At Derby, it was a weird combination. It was like Huddlestone, who's like 250 pounds now, an absolute beast. And you was it Bradley Johnson, maybe? Someone else who was kind of an older, bigger, sturdy guy in the middle. So uh, I think Frank's pretty positionally flexible. That's kind of what I hear. But I think that's when he plays the 4 3 that's how he wants to play it. But I think we're stuck in a 3-4-3 for a little bit, though. But I think Ghana can play in it, too. I mean, what do you guys think, James, Alex? I mean, he, I think he can play in it, too. 
Yeah, I think I think him and Decore in a two would be very interesting because they both can just cover ground for days. And even him and Alon, um, him and Tom Davies, eh, maybe I'm not so sure about that one. But I think he does suit a two-man midfield. Obviously, last time he was with Everton, he was kind of in a – we were playing like a 4-2-3-1 of sorts. So it'd be a little bit different. But if you've got guys with the legs, and assuming his legs haven't completely given out, he can still cover a lot of ground. And we've got a couple other guys who I think will complement him really well. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I mean, just to build off that, I think it really also depends on who you have on offense um, because you know he's not the most creative um, in general. So you kind of have to expect maybe that is that is really the you know the contingent upon if Alex Iwobi is pushed forward. But yeah, no, I, I think he'll do it either way well. Um, but will it do well for the team? Yeah, contingent upon his uh, his teammates. I just want to say I'm all for it, and Wobi has been an absolute revelation, which I'm sure Ryan has been giggling about for the last, I don't know, seven months. Um, but this new, uh, you know, freedom to express himself, get me anywhere you want on the pitch aside from winger, and we're good. I love it. He always seems to be one pass ahead of everyone else, and I think having Ghana being that ball winner and then immediately just giving it to Wobi, I think wobi has got that, that magic ball picked out before Ghana even gives it to him. Here's hoping, man. Here's hoping. The next one we've got is a uh, striker link. I figure we talk about that a little a little more in depth. Um, obviously, we know we're in the market for a striker very much so. And this one is Che Adams from Southampton. It's it's a rumor that's kind of come up um, a little more recently. Wait, 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 Alex. What's his full name? What's his middle name? I don't know what his middle name is. What is it, Ryan? Everton. <laughs> is it actually no? Or I saw that, but I didn't think that it was real. Ryan's googling. He try. He decides to give out. No, it is new. It is. It is. I, I built. I built a team on the Discord at one day with everyone with like a Everton name. So you had like Weverton and like, uh, yeah. No, uh, he is. Yeah, absolutely. Is so he was in it. He was our strike. Well, he, only I mean, you, man. Only you. Give the description, man. But anyway, no, either way, um, last season he 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 played uh, thirty appearances, twenty three starts uh, for Southampton, seven goals, three assists. Um, that equated to about a point three one goal per ninety ratio. Um, and, and this is from uh, Fabrizio Romano, allegedly on on a podcast. And he said, for Che Adams, I think the most de- likely destination is Everton. They are really interested. So I, uh, I want to hear y'all's take on Che Adams, how you think he may fit if he uh, seems realistic. I haven't really seen uh, a fee thrown around too much, maybe 15 million, but there was no good source to that. So I wasn't going to cite it as gospel on this one. Yeah, I mean... Uh- Look, I think you have to judge the move based on, obviously, the current options. And right now, we've got DCL sidelined, and the other option is Solomon Rondon. So is he an upgrade on Solomon Rondon? I think he probably is. I feel confident in saying that. Um, You know, Southampton have had their struggles in the last couple years, but comes in and would provide us at least cover until DCL's fit, and then can provide rotation minutes. He's got an eye for goal. He's not always... uh, hasn't always scored the most. His, his numbers don't look that great. Um, but as you said, Alex, 0.31 goals per 90 is, is a decent return. 23 starts for Southampton. You know, you're getting a Premier League caliber player. Uh, we need the depth in, at striker. So I, I'm okay with Jay Adams. Admittedly, not the most familiar with his talents. But uh, he's a pretty hot commodity a few years ago. I think that's kind of waned a little bit. Depending on the fee, I can see it being a pretty pragmatic move. You just got a lot of competition at striker right now a lot of teams want to buy you know that's the problem you got right now newcastle wolves so what do you do i mean it's hard you know it's tough uh i i'm sure they'd rather have Brohan loan because that's a loan deal totally 
You know what I mean? A player that Frank already knows to some extent, you know, maybe not too much. And it's cheaper and that way you could spend elsewhere. That's my guess. But um, I don't know. You're right. I haven't seen fees. He works real hard. I mean, he at a minimum would be a decent, decent backup. Let's hear what Nick has to say. Nick, how we doing? I am great, guys. Happy Wednesday. How about yourself? Doing well, man. Glad to be uh, chopping it up with some yes, news. Yes, I know. Long time no talk since July. <laughs> I know. Feels like an yeah, eternity ago. So, yeah, um, Shay Adams. I mean, I think we obviously need a guy. We need a guy that can fill in at least for, what, the next month? Um, and in the next month, we have Forrest, Brentford, Leeds, Liverpool, Arsenal. So, one, two, three, four, five league games. Um, I think the next three where we need to get at least six points. But we need someone who's going to pitch in two, two goals in that time period, two, three goals. Um, Adams, I think, like Ryan said, is a good backup. I think people need to realize that it's not – like we're going to get some big name, crazy talented striker to come in because DCL is going to Bilotti. Uh Oh, go ahead. I mean, that's, it's crazy though. People are talking like Bilotti and like all these crazy yeah. names, right? That's and, not going to happen. Like, why would a guy like that come in when we still do have a very good striker given he needs to stay healthy. But I think this injury was a freak injury and people need to realize that it wasn't a, a muscle injury that he could have prevented by training more. But at the end of the day, we're not going to get a Bilotti or a guy like that. We're going to need to get a, a guy who's going to be comparable being a backup or even being um, a rotational guy who can pop in on the left wing here or there. And I think Adams at least fills the bill. I think he'll punch in a couple goals. Um, he, every time I've seen Southampton, he's decent, and he's an upgrade on Rondon and provides us a little bit more mobility. I don't think he provides us a ton of flexibility, but from the mobility standpoint, um, him and DCL wouldn't be a bad one-two punch there. So I got to add, right? I pulled up his FB ref stats, um, the percentiles in which he matches up against other forwards. And uh, essentially all of the offensive stats are in the 50th percentile or less, you know, goals, XG assists, shot, creating actions, passes, pass completion, carries, dribbles, touches in the attacking area. Um, even, you know, he, he's got some decent, you know, interceptions and, and blocks and, and okay aerials, but otherwise nothing to really suggest that, you know, he's the sort of game changing, you know, off the bench striker or, or starting striker, let's say for the next month, um, in my opinion, that we would need. Yeah, I, I would definitely pass on him on, on in that regard. Southampton, though. I mean, although yeah. so many of those stats are volume based, I mean, it's not his. I mean, he's not going to get as many chances with that team. But you're right, Alex. I mean, I don't think he's like a game breaker or anything. But, you know, we need someone. Is he the right guy? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure they would have rather had a guy ready to go, sure. ready to play this Saturday. Right. I mean, Southampton scored as many goals as us last year and had a worse goal differential. So. You do have to kind of take it within that context. They were not very good. Hassan Huddle's already started this season kind of on the ropes to an extent. So you can't expect him to have outstanding numbers. But that said, Alex, I mean, I, I agree with your point. Like, he's not going to be a world beater for us. But for what we need, I don't know. I, I I think Ryan's right. Everton probably would prefer Broha. I would prefer Broha, I'm sure. You know what, though? I mean, Che, you look at him, and he's also got .44 goals plus assist minus penalty, you know, per 90. I mean, that, seriously, that's decent contributions on a team that didn't score much. Yeah. So you got to give him a little bit of credit, you know, for being on the team. But look, they play that four four two. At least you know he can press and work on defense. And I think that's something that Frank wants. And look... It's not Ronan isn't the greatest player, but he is good at some basic things. The problem is he good he's good at basic things that Rafa wanted to do. And so 
Like he's not, I think that's part of the issue. It's not that he's such a horrible player. It's that he doesn't fit into what Frank wants to have happen. And I think Frank wants someone a little more dynamic. Is he that guy? I don't know. Yeah. I think a lot of it for me with Adams comes down to actually what we do with Gordon. I think if we free up some money and we sign Adams as a backup striker and we can splash maybe more money on one more creative player, I wouldn't mind Adams. But if Adams is our striker that we sign and it's just him and Ghana, then it's a different story. Um, I think Broha does give us a little more flexibility and a loan, like you said, saves us some money. But I do think there's just so much that's going to happen over the next, you know, two weeks that I, I just don't know what to expect with Everton. But I give Adams a C. I wouldn't be head over heels and I wouldn't be crazy upset about it either way. So, Nick, if you had your choice, would you get like an impact guy maybe on the wings that could also play center forward and deal with them for a little bit? Yeah, I do, because I think even someone that can play left wing and striker in a perfect world would be great because when DCL does come back, um, especially if we sell Gordon, I think we're going to want more than just Gray as an option on the left wing. Um, so that would be ideal. Uh, James, you can move to the next one or you want me to do it? Go ahead, Ryan. You can go. All right. Uh, Girassi is the big center forward from Stad Renes, um, who's been linked to us for a while. Um, he's a player that the team's pretty good, but I think they can afford to lose him. No problem. He might be available on a loan. Um, how to describe him? Uh, God, he's a really weird player. Honestly, guys, I've watched him play a lot. He's when he gets in the box, he's pretty effective. I mean, he's big. He is fast. Um, he could finish a bit. I mean, sometimes gets a little wild. His movement's okay. When he comes back to the ball and keeps it simple, his first touch is actually shockingly good. The play acting and the diving is just embarrassing at times, honestly. And every now and then he'll try and do something a little beyond his means with disastrous effects. Like I have to admit he's better than him, but he reminds me a little of Omar. So Niasse a little bit, I mean, well, now hold on. So, so in, in truly though, I mean, the guy, the guy can play. He's not a terrible player. He's what? 26. So, (laughs) I've seen him twice now. I literally I'm watching him play and I, and I'm my notes. I'm like, Oh my God. And you know, I, I have the timestamp and everything on both instances. So there's one play where he literally has the ball. He kind of comes back to the ball at about midfield. And instead of just kind of tapping it back to someone, he was crowded and he didn't have any time. He tries to make this 60, 70 yard switch to the far fullback, which is fine. Nobody. I mean, you can do that if you've got talent. The problem is he probably missed it by 40 yards and literally hit his own keeper in the chest. <laughs> so, so wait, that's, it gets even better, actually. So I think it may have been the same match. I can't remember. I watched him maybe three or four times, and I've watched him a couple of times just randomly. He's on the left side. He's running with the ball. They're kind of on a fast break. He pulls up. There aren't that many players. There's someone wide all the way across the pitch. He's almost on the left touch line. He turns and tries to ping one of those like low liner, you know, passes about 40 yards over to the player who's open. He's open, mind you. Except for the problem with that is that player is probably about 30 yards out. The ball went out of bounds for a goal kick. <laughs> so, and, and he threatened. I mean, there are people in the third or fourth row that seemed a little concerned when he hit it. So he's just kind of crazy. You know, I mean, he's, he's not bad. I just, you know, he's one of those players. You're like, God, do we have, is this who we're kind of stuck with a little bit, but I get it. I mean, he might serve a purpose briefly. He, he does some of the things he actually can run behind. He's very demonstrative. He'll point where he wants it and stuff. And I, he's not that bad a player when he take, may, plays it simple, but um, 
I don't think he's the ideal choice for for anyone. And there's some other ones out there too. I, but he's cheap. Like he could probably get him on loan. So a couple of thoughts. One, hate the Umar comparison, but it is hilarious. The diving's awful though, James. It is awful. Like if anyone goes over top of him on a header, he goes straight down. There was a play against Leicester. I think it was in uh, Europa League or the Conference League where they're down. They need to score. They're one down. It's just getting into extra time. And so they're crowding the box and firing the ball up there. He gets hit. He goes down to try and draw a foul and he lays there like he's dead. I'm like, dude, you need to get up. Like they haven't called it now. They're not going to stop. Go back and give you the call. You barely got touched. It's like genius. Get off the ground. Okay. Sorry, okay. Had to but, but if, but if we sell Gordon and we sign this guy, are we going to be net positive on, on, on flops or, That's on, exactly, or net negative? Exactly what I was going to say, Alex. I was like, wow. he's the perfect like this for like why- diving replacement is for Anthony Gordon, Gordon dives. This guy is disgraceful though. At times. I mean, he'll lay on the ground like he's dead holding his face. It's awful. It, it just, it good. So it'll kill him. If he tries that crap. I also like the, the fact that he's kind of a, sounds like a little bit of a wild card to an extent. I think having someone who you never really know exactly what they're going to try <laughs> or what they're going to do. Just, you know, variety is the spice of life as they say. So I think he, maybe he brings a little bit of that to Everton. But as you say, Ryan, I mean, he is big six, two, 180 pounds or so seems like a, you know, likes to get in behind big enough to play as a target guy. Do you oh, yeah. think? Oh yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he can run in behind. I mean, he's not bad guys. I mean, when he gets up closer to goal, he can score. I mean, he's, he's not bad at all. I mean, he really isn't. Um, it's got good movement in the box. I mean, and, and he could bang it a little bit outside. He's very active. He works hard on defense too. And I mean, even though the numbers don't indicate it, he'll grab a shirt. He'll bang people. I mean, the funniest is when he fouls someone badly, he'll look at the ref, they'll give this look like, what it's me who me what classic and he's really demonstrative like i don't know it's very interesting anyway that's that's i i don't think we'll end up with him but i think it's an option out there kind of worst case scenario deadline day type thing alex your thoughts no i want i want to hear uh ben's th- thoughts he just requested to come up so maybe he uh he has he wants to wrap on uh this player yeah let's get ben in the mix hi ben can you hear us hi guys yes yes i can hear you can you hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. Cool. What's happening, Ben? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I'm just uh, listening to you guys. Uh, long time listener to the podcast. First time uh, I've been on to to speak. I've been a little listen to you guys, you, you know, your talk sense. And I think I probably wanted to talk about the Anthony Gordon thing. Let's okay. do it. I mean, it's a weird spot, right? We're in a really strange position. I think these bids are like the biggest curveball, isn't it? I mean, it's it's hard. Like, it's an you have an emotional attachment to a player, and you know, we try and be fairly analytical, and I don't want to say cold or anything, but it's not like we don't. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I say it right. Well, I say it in that way, but I mean, truly, of course. I mean, you know, I've got a twelve year old. He loves Everton. You know, he doesn't. I have this awesome picture. He hung out with Anthony on like Thursday morning at the training thing in the States, uh, you know, you don't want to lose a player. That's like a blue like that, but true, true. putting, but yeah. it's hard, right? Ben, I mean, how do you, do, do you be object? I mean, how do you, I don't know. It's hard. I, I think it's, I think it's really hard to, to say that you want to lose a guy like that. He's a, he's a, the thing that I love about Anthony Gordon is that he plays his heart out every single game. He runs his socks off and you know he's he's got a bit of quality, and you know hopefully he, he will have more quality in the future. 
but I, I just don't see that he has what we need right now. I think the reason why we can afford to let him go is because we we just simply can't wait, you know, another season or two for him to produce that. We, he, he's clearly got it in his locker and he's going to be amazing at some points, but he's not amazing right now. What he's got right now is that he runs his socks off every game and... <laughs> So we sell him, yeah, cool. We bring somebody else in, but we're going to lose that absolute die-hard, give it your all every game. And it, you, it's it's difficult to buy that when we know we have that with him, but we don't get the end, the end product. We don't get the, you know, the final ball. Chelsea, you know, if they're going to buy him, they can afford to go, okay, well, you know, we've got tons of other players who, who will give that and, you know, I don't know, guys, I don't know. If we're going to get 40, 50 million quid for him, uh, I'm fine to let him go and say thank you very you much. You can't say no to that, can you, Ben? Like, can you say no to 40 quid for... You, you, you can't say no. You cannot say no. We're not in a position to say no right now. We're not in that position. And I don't want to lose him. I would love to keep hold of him and go, oh, yeah, in the future, he'll be fantastic. He will he will be, you know, delivering great quality balls in. He'll be scoring untold goals. But right now, he's not doing that. And he's probably not going to be doing that for another season or two. I mean, well, that 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 would be, I'm pretty sure, you know, let's say if we were to spend 45 mil on a player, that's breaking our transfer fee, right? Or very close to it. Our, our transfer record is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, which is nuts. Gilfie. Gilfie's like right. 45 Who? or 50. Wait, close. Who? Well, he's close. Who? Yeah, he's right on He's right on the line. But, but point is, point is, we're not signing players anywhere near that much money. And those players can produce far more than he can. It, it's really that simple in my mind. I absolutely agree. 100%. Would we buy an Anthony Gordon as he is now from, from another team for 40 million, 50 million? Absolutely not. Right. So, so not even for why, thirty. Why are we saying we need to keep hold of him and 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 not have this forty-five million pounds injection in cash into our club? He's not giving us the results that we need. He's not giving us the 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 the, the end product that we need. I love the guy. He's amazing. He he is blue through and through. But he is not giving us what we need right now. We cannot afford to keep hold of him for two years and hopefully get that end product. I think he actually grew up a red, didn't he? Did he? Oh, I didn't know that. No, I think his family is too. (laughs) (laughs) No, but he's there now. You know, he gives everything for the badge. You're right. I mean, you know what? Ben, you bring up a really good point. It's one thing to get a, a young player in to replace him, or maybe you can get two or three young players. But I think one thing that I'm impressed by this recruitment team is they're clearly targeting people of character. So uh, they've done their due diligence. Now, do you have enough time? Have you done enough due diligence on enough players to get in someone? I think they can get in someone now that will make us better in the short term. But what about in the long term? So I, I don't know if it's worth maybe do we go around the horn and hit some names real quick and then just let people kind of jump in and i i guys i genuinely think that if i believe that thelwell and lampard have got a plan i genuinely believe that and i think that they knew that we were getting rid of ag sometime soon in the future and they've got things in the pipeline 
And that's what I'm hoping. And that's what I'm believing. <laughs> that's what I'm crossing my fingers for. Love it, Ben. Appreciate you coming on and uh, giving your thoughts and for listening to the pod and supporting us. We really appreciate that as well. Um, hope you, it must be uh, quite early where you are in the morning. Yeah. It's quite late, actually. <laughs> Fair Depends enough. how you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Fair enough. Appreciate well, it. Uh, great speaking with you. So what do we think, guys? We are at uh, going on close to an hour now. We've hit all our kind of main bullet point topics, I do believe. Um, I guess there were actually a couple more, Ryan. I don't know if we want to run through that and then open up the floor for people to chime in. Yeah, I mean, let's I mean, obviously, we don't have too much time left, but um yeah, I mean, look, there's some other people. You could go back in for Morgan Gibbs White, but it seems like they were off. You know, it's a big number. Um, Andrew sent me um, a tweet, which is a name that a lot of people brought up, and that's Martin Terrier. And, you know, the rumor is willing to sell for 35 million pounds or so. I think the challenge with him is I think he wants higher than Everton. He wants Champions League football. That's just what I've heard. I think Cody Gakpo is fantastic for PSV. He'd be, a, 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 but he's probably, I mean, 35 million was quoted to Man U. Does PSV have time to get a replacement? They've had a lot of changes. And Ismail Yassar is the other one that's brought up. I watched him play the other night. He's pretty good. Uh, I'm not totally sold on him, but it looks like the price tag there could be 25 million. Could we did him down? Uh, Newcastle might be interested. I don't know. I'm, you know, what about they're not strikers, but if Anthony Gordon goes, these are guys that could slot in right there at, at left wing. And some of these guys can play striker. I mean, Gibbs White has, Terrier has, neither of those guys are massive guys. Sar is pretty big. He could play center forward a little bit. Um, they kind of fit the description that Ben was kind of alluding to that we talked about earlier. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Terrier links. I've, in previous windows, been very pro, let's go get Sar from Watford and just take him off their hands. But uh, I'm a little more unsure of him as of late. Uh, the, the lack of consistency is a little concerning. Um, Morgan gives white. It feels like that ship has sailed to me. Although wolves may be in a position to, to sell after they're splashing cash yeah. for Nunez and others. So they may be, uh, incentivized to maybe have some outgoings, but like you said earlier, Ryan, like none of these teams really need to sell. So we kind of have to sweeten the pot 45 million, 50 million or whatever we can spend from the Anthony Gordon sale certainly does a little bit to help that. Um, and we certainly got to be careful. Yeah. Got to be careful though. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Terrier and, and Gakpo the, the the most if we're talking about you know a winger. Um, I think I think the question really is just can we a can we spend that money? Obviously, it's probably contingent upon upon Gordon leaving. And B, even if he does leave, can we spend that money paired with the striker that we need? You know, Sar is probably a no go for me. I think the fee's pretty high, and he really hasn't reached the heights that you, you know we all kind of thought he would or progressed the way he we thought he would maybe a couple years ago when he joined Watford and he. He looked pretty exciting. So I've kind of cooled on him as well, very much so. But it, it just becomes a, a guessing game in terms of how the finances are going to play out. But I, I think I think pretty much every name that we just discussed would, you know, could have similar, if not better output to Gordon, right? And that's that that's stating pretty lightly. So yeah, easily. I mean, yeah, it's not even not even close, but you know, and some of these guys probably have as much potential too. So I think that's that's what you hope happens in the transaction, yeah. right? If it happens. Yeah, and I think that's right, Ryan. And and as Ben was saying, I think and you alluded to, you're you're giving up something in terms of potential future output when you sell a guy like Anthony Gordon. If the solution is to bring in a short-term option, then that it's it's a step backwards in my opinion. Yeah, we might be better for a year. We might improve on his production, but what's the long term view? What's the three to five year plan that we so desperately have needed? Um, and, and that's what excites me about some of these younger guys that we're looking at. 
Wait, wait. Gabby Gold's coming. Gabby Gold's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time. Oh, no one believes that for a second. If you seriously anyone believe that for a second. But if you are really want to see a great team, um, Flamenco in the um, Copa Libertadores is coming up, man. Check them out. They're awesome. Good stuff. Alex, uh, any final words before we adjourn for the evening? No, I just I look forward to uh, seeing how the next week and a half plays out. Two weeks, sorry. Two weeks plays out. And uh, hopefully some are you of the optimistic, names Alex? Are you optimistic? I can't decide anymore. <laughs> I think I think the window has gone really well compared to what I thought it could be. Um, but I think that we have some massive issues. And I think that, you know, the whole Gordon sale thing really complicates matters in terms of how we move um, and how quickly we can move. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how it wraps. And we need uh, we need some dominoes to fall in place for us and maybe a little bit of luck sprinkled in. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, I I can't decide how to feel one minute. I'm really excited at the possibility. The next I'm terrified at the possibility, the exact same possibility. So it can obviously go multiple different directions. And needless to say, we're going to be closely monitoring the uh, Bobble account. Fabrizio Romano and uh, any other random foreign uh, you know, Turkish news outlets, any rumor that comes up, we're going to be looking and just, you know, translating tweets and whatnot. And uh, if you're interested in that, it sounds good to you. Love for you to join our discord server, which is uh, you can join at invite.gg slash ATP on your browser should get your aid in. Uh, we'd also appreciate you giving us a follow on this account or on other social medias, Facebook, Instagram, uh, link tr.ee slash USA toffee pod. You can find the podcast that we do, which, we enjoy doing and appreciate all of you for uh, who, who support us like Ben and many others. Um, otherwise, I think that's going to do it for this space for us. We appreciate very much everyone who came up and spoke for your engagement, your thoughts, your time. Uh, look forward to doing this again very soon until then. And until next time up the toffees. Top-